0: Hey everybody, this is Brent Ingersoll and this is the Speaking of podcast. Today we are continuing our little mini-series where we're exploring the Lord's Prayer and some devotionals that I wrote. And my guests today are Adam Brewer, Seth Fancy, and John Robertson. They are the campus pastors at uh, some of our campuses at King's Church, and so it's just been great to be able to sit down with them. And today we discuss the holiness of God and the hallowing of his name. Hope you enjoy my conversation with John, Seth, and Adam. Remotely today, the lead pastors of King's Church, Halifax, and Charlottetown, and West St. John. So it's uh, Adam Brewer, Seth Fancy, John Robertson, good to have you guys on the pod today, welcome, mm. welcome. that's yeah, good. It's, uh, good, good, to yep. it's good to be here. Yes, back from hunting. Yeah, excellent. You guys are out hunting and shooting stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, having <laughs> some fun. Yeah, yeah it's been good. Shooting blue jays and no, and no, cardinals. no, <laughs> blue jays and cardinals. We got lots here, man. Imagine. Danger. Yeah, yeah the old <laughs> Gray herrings. Yeah. yeah, I know all the all no. the endangered birds.
1: All the endangered birds, yeah, like bald eagles and stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Imagine I'm a redneck, but not that bad. Not, 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 not that
0: red, huh? Not that red, no. We keep I keep yeah. to see if how if I can get canceled. Uh so I will Yeah, well see yeah. what else you can say. Well you might not get
1: canceled. I could get arrested, but that yeah. would be uh <laughs> well, that, that's that's Over that,
0: that. that's the original. That's really being canceled. You're getting canceled yeah. from civilization. <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we've been doing a series on the podcast of just conversations around uh, a, a series of devotionals I did on the Lord's Prayer, and we are continuing that today. I think this is installment four, and we want to talk about the Hallowed Be Thy Name. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to us, uh, and you guys uh, have a listen, and our listeners have a listen, and then we will uh, we'll just have a little bit of discussion about it. So here we go. This is hallowed be thy name. I'm no rocket scientist, and I don't know a whole lot about launching rockets into space, but I do know that the further the distance that an object has to travel, the more precise the coordinates have to be. Elon Musk and the fine folks at SpaceX spend massive amounts of time, energy, and money to make sure their rockets are properly established, aimed, and aligned. Immense precision efforts are taken long before the launch sequence is ever initiated. When you intend to fly a rocket through the atmosphere into space, you'd better be sure it's assembled and aimed in the right direction, or you're likely to end up somewhere you didn't intend to. And depending on the power and the payload of the vessel, a mistake in aim can be disastrous. I use this little analogy because it can help us understand what Jesus is doing with the prayer directives. He gave his disciples the day they'd asked him about prayer. He said, when you pray, pray like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, this one sentence of prayer when truly engaged has the power to accurately and precisely frame, not only the rest of the flow of the Lord's prayer, but the entire trajectory of our lives. In the opening sentence of the prayer, Jesus builds us a theological framework. He causes us to, when we pray, first think of God's goodness, his fatherness, then his nearness, that he's in heaven, and that it's a present reality. And now he points us toward his holiness, hallowed be your name. Why does Jesus call us to pray toward the hallowing, the reverence, the holiness of his name or who he is? First, when we say, hallowed be your name, it speaks to foundations. This prayer serves us as a foundational reminder that God is holy. Hallowed be, as in it is holy. He is holy, a.k.a. we must recognize his holiness. When you pray, don't make the all-too-easy, all-too-human mistake of interpreting his love, goodness, and nearness as something common. According to Jesus, there's nothing normal, average, or common about this God to whom we pray. He's holy, other, set apart, in a category alone. Holy is the word we use when there are no words to describe who He is. Holy speaks of awe-inspiring grandeur. Holy speaks of a mind-blowing intelligence, heart-melting goodness, hell-shaking righteousness, evil-destroying justice, Darkness destroying light. He is holy. When we call to mind God's holiness, it grounds us in the fact that our God is greater, bigger, better, smarter, richer, more capable and more loving than you can ever imagine. Stretch your imagination to its limits. The truth of who God is stretches infinitely farther than the reach of your wildest dreams. He is holy. Ground yourself in God's holiness and you will not be overcome. Second, when we say, hallowed be your name, it speaks to intentions. If God's holiness is the starting point, it is also the finish line. This prayer serves to remind us that not only God is holy, but he deserves to be hallowed now and forevermore. Jesus is calling us to live a life toward the worship of God and the forever increase of his praise. This is at the heart of the term, hallowed be. This prayer is a specific coordinate for your life that aims us into the eternal hallowing of his great name. God is holy all by himself. He doesn't need us to make his name any holier by our hallowing. Jesus doesn't point us toward a life of worship to God to do, uh, to do God any favors. It's for us. This prayer is about establishing our lives in the right eternal forever trajectory one that brings God glory and subsequently brings us full and eternal life. The Westminster Catechism states that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. In other words, life, fulfillment, and forever enjoyment comes through the forever pursuit of the glory of God. Not only does Jesus invite us to ground ourselves in God's holiness, but also aim ourselves at it. God Himself, His Holiness, His Omnipotence, Omniscience, Omnipresence are the starting point and the finish line for our lives. If we get the starting point and the finish line right, no matter what comes in between, we will end up in the right place. Hebrews 12, 1-3 speaks of this same idea that we are to both begin and end with Jesus in mind, grounded in His goodness and greatness and aimed at His glory. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, or the beginning and the finisher of our faith. When you pray, pray from a realization of his goodness and glory. And when you pray, pray toward and ultimately live toward his goodness and glory. If you can start from his holiness and strive for his hallowing, no matter what comes between the beginning and the end, you cannot miss Pray and live this day grounded in his greatness and goodness and aim toward his glory, and you will find a holy, near, good God who is with you on the ground and will be with you and go before you every step you take all the way out of this world. Hallowed be your name. Gentlemen, what uh, what stood out to you in that devotional before we jump in any loaded questions what uh, what resonated the most I, uh,
2: I you know what caught me uh, as as you as you read through that was um, a couple of things I uh, f- the word father father being one of the most personal intimate words that we can use in, in, in human relationship for one um, I love how Jesus teaches us pray not as "Hey, you up there" or "Hey, God." It's our Father. Um, but then the next statement talks about His holiness—that He is, even though He is personal, even though He is intimate. At the same time, He's like as as you rightly put in this devotional, He is God, and I am not completely. He is mm-hmm. holy, other. Yeah. Um, and so it's this beautiful picture of. Uh, Again, uh, a picture of how we relate to God as a father, but we're also relating to one who is not like us. And I think that's Mm. so fundamentally key as it sets us up. I don't know what what you guys think, but that's just something that really resonated with me.
1: Yeah, Down towards the end, Brent, I loved uh, if we get the starting point and the finish line right, no matter what comes between, Mm. we end up in the right place. Um, I just think for life, that is – because what comes in between isn't always pretty or what we expect, but it's yeah. just, it says right there, yeah, if you get the start right and the end right, um, no matter what comes between, we end up at the right okay. place. And I think that in just the, the faith journey and in the church, that is, uh, just a fundamental statement. I, I think okay. it has been in my own life and, uh, those around me that if we get those two skewed, if you don't know where you're starting and you don't know how it ends, totally. um, you can really get confused and miss what God might want to do in you, through you. Yeah. yeah you know, that, yeah. that, that part's jumped out. I know Sorry. it's down towards the end, but it, it's just, poof, there's a lot in that statement. I I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, awesome. Mm.
3: Yeah. You know, one of the things that really sort of struck me is, is just before everything happened with COVID I was preaching at our West campus and I was preaching from uh, revelation three and uh, and so it's about the Philadelphia church and the Philadelphia church. are just experiencing incredible persecution and um, just difficulties and challenges. And the response the Lord has to them, he says, the words of the holy one, the true one, who has the key to David, um, who opens the uh, doors, who opens, no one can shut, who shuts, no one can open. And so the thing that really struck me, I mean, that's actually... It's been a real thing that's been like something I've just come back to for months and months now, right? Or it's actually shaped my prayer life during COVID. So literally, it was on the 8th of March when it happened. Days later, all of our services were shut down. And I was just, i it's been like uh, something I've come back to. It's like, man, you are like the holy, true one. Like, what door are you open? No one can close you know, what door you close, no one can open. And it's like, behold, I hold an open door of effectiveness before you. And so it's just like, that's, it's been something that's just been something I've come back to like over and over again, like repeatedly for months now in my own prayer life. So.
0: Yeah. Well, let's, let's loop around. I mean, those are all kind of the, some of the things I was thinking about kind of unpacking a little bit more, but let's jump back to the start there. I think Seth, you bring up a good point about, you know, before, Jesus, like when he gives us the prayer and he, he does want us to frame it in, you know, understanding God as a as a perfect father. And we, we discussed that in an earlier podcast. Um, but it's almost like he's he's making he's putting up, you know, the second piece to that. Like, hey, let's not get it twisted and let's not let's not create God in our own image and let's not bring him down mm-hmm. too low. Right. I think that I think that's the mm-hmm. first and most important thing you know, that, that we need to understand in our lives is like, I think is the A.W. Tozer. He said, basically that, you know, your, your life, no man, no church is greater than his idea or his view of God. And like it, and frankly, all of the, all of the problems that we face in our souls or in the church are from a low view of God or that you've brought God, sure. you've brought God too low. Mm-hmm. And i mean, I've seen, I mean, I've seen those problems in my own life, like where where you you have too low a view of God. It, it produces some pretty, uh, pretty, pretty brutal fruit. And I think that's one of the things that that Jesus is speaking to is like, don't make the mistake of, of first and foremost, you know, thinking that God is just this um, buddy or, you know, Jesus, <laughs> totally. Jesus, is my, Jesus is my homeboy right like i know what role you know what role can you guys speak to like the the maybe the, the what i would call like the the fear of the lord like it says in proverbs the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom like you can't start you can't start your theology with god as my buddy like it it has to be <laughs> to you know god no yep. god, god like this is where yes we come to him as father but he's holy he's a holy father and that's not, it's not the same as, you know, this big guy, big guy upstairs, you know, the, yeah the man in the, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. the, the fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What do you think that, what do you think that means?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think again, it, it, it keeps us, it keeps us in our place and it keeps God in his place. <laughs>
1: um, mm.
2: Totally. Um the fear of the Lord is is that sense of awe. I'm I'm in awe of this God. I mean, you, you read you read um like the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah six, or you even read in the book of Revelation, which is our current series, these men, these prophets, these apostles, when they see God in his fullness, what do they do? It's not like they just go up and throw their arms around them and hey, hey, buddy. You know, it's like they hit yeah. the deck, man. Like they get yeah, they they go right face Absolutely. down on the floor. Some of them are like Like John is describing himself as like, I I was, I was like a corpse. I was dead, you know? And I think, I think for me, it's so easy. um, I think it's so easy to lose perspective. And I love the fact that the Bible all through the scriptures, not just in Isaiah or the book of revelation from, from day one, even when Jesus is walking the earth, he commands this level of awe inspiring um he's an on on figure people were like astounded by his teaching right like they were we've never heard this before uh, i think of john's description of jesus mm-hmm. in the in the garden before he's arrested like he he basically just wipes out the entire roman centurion just in a moment right like it's this this picture of god and i think for me like it's so easy for us to to, to get misdirected um mm-hmm. Become odd at the wrong things. Yeah. Like yeah. Odd, odd odd at you know, maybe my own working, my own doing, someone else's working, someone else is doing. And the fear of the Lord, again, for me is a place of of just it it sets me in my place almost mm. every every time. And 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 it's like it's not a hey, I'm set in my place one time in my life. I come back, I keep coming back to this place mm-hmm. of. Of 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 just awe inspiring posture, I guess, yeah. before mm-hmm. the Lord. It's
0: so definitely, mm-hmm. a, it's a key, right? To absolutely life is being able to keep postured in a place of of fear and reverence before the Lord. Like, what is mm-hmm. it? I don't know if it's actually in the Bible, but it, there is an old proverb. that says, "Like familiarity breeds contempt." Hmm. Right. We get get too familiar with our Mm -hmm. idea of God. And, you know, there's been times in in my life, whether it's I'm, you know, driving and, 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 or or I'm in a worship service or something, and I'll find myself, I'll sing, I'll be singing a, a worship song and saying these words that in no way does my mind, my body, or my affections actually match what I'm saying. You know, like mm-hmm. you can say, like, you know, whatever. What's, what's, what's a lyric? What's a worship lyric that we can bring to mind? Uh, you know, a mighty fortress is our God. A mighty bulwark is he. You know, not that I've been singing that song all that much. But, you know, <laughs> but like we, we were singing these these rich, like, you know, yeah. who, who can stop the Lord Almighty? And you know, I'm singing it while I'm actually yeah. like tying my shoe, you know, and I'm not actually yeah. thinking about how mighty God is and it, i think there's a level of we, we we as human beings we just get over familiar and over comfortable and i think that actually begins to rob the power and like really get us off or get our like foundations off balance when mm. it comes to how we approach god if he is not first and foremost holy and and other and terrifying at one level right like that's the yeah. I think you make a great point, Seth. Like if you do a Bible study, anytime someone had a revelation of, of God, in fact, the whole old Testament is, I mean, don't touch the mountain and you'll die if you touch the mountain Like bird lands on the Mount of God. Like it dies, you know? And it's like, it, it establishes the, you know, the Lord who lives in, unapproachable light and who no one can see and live and like moses says can i see your glory and he says no you can't i can show you where he basically says in yeah. the in the in exodus like um i'll show you where i just was is basically what it's talking about when he says like i'll, I'll yeah. my back What it really mm-hmm. means "Show you where i last was And that's all you can handle mm-hmm. wow you know? like we, we just get this sort of flippant and I think that's the that's the beginning of the end. Is when we get flippant about, you know. And that's that's mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen that in your own life, but the times where I've where I have, you know, or maybe inconsistencies or a sin issue or lethargy or whatever in my faith, it all stems back ultimately to a, a low view of God. And the times where like I'm on fire, and the times where God's like really got me and i'm i'm giving myself fully to him and i would say i'm most alive my faith that has stemmed back to some revelation where god, hmm. god reasserts his godness with me yeah like, you know i don't know if that's uh-huh. that's yeah. your experience yeah right? yeah yeah I, the way i even uh
1: i kind of grew up or maybe a lot of us have and i just had that confused like to fear God, I was actually fearful of him. And because I was fearful of him, I was scared to take things to him, which actually was a sin issue. Right. And, uh, and yeah. And I just, that healthy sense of fear, that word fear is just, we define that wrong in this sense. And I feel that even in the church and and I see new people coming that there, there is a fear of God that is an unhealthy sense. And I love in that minute, that, devotional you gave brian it, it, it clarifies that like he is holy and to go before him yeah i do want to fear the consequences of my sin and but in his love and his grace that that healthy sense of fear is transforming um not condemning i don't know yeah
0: well, it's, it's really important that we we press in on that like what what when the bible mm. says of fearing the lord it's not it's not terror it's not fear. yeah it's not fear of you know god's vindictiveness or vengeance or uh mm-hmm. is you know like whatever all, all the it's not it's not where we go immediately with the idea of fear it's it's more speaking of a the way that you fear okay here's here's the best illustration i've heard is um dallas willard talks about uh you know none of us right now i mean we're sitting in our you know our offices or our home office um we have how I mean Adam, you're a formal electrician, so you could speak to this better than any of us, but mm-hmm. we probably have X amount of wattage of electricity running around mm-hmm. us right now that sure. if if you got if you got your fingers somewhere they shouldn't be, could kill you. Cool. Right? Mm-hmm. And, That's right. That's
1: right. But true. we aren't
0: we aren't right now afraid of the electricity. We're aware mm-hmm. of its power and if you take it out of its rightful place. It's going to be very bad for you, right? And mm-hmm. it's it's the same. I think that's when the Bible speaks of fearing God. It's understanding. It's not a fear that's out to get you. The same way electricity is not out to get you. It just it's it's power,
1: mm-hmm. and right
0: if you don't have it in its rightful place. It it yeah. it's going to be bad. Like it has to be. It has to be kept. And that's what reverence means. Like you, you know, you, you know that as long as that power electricity is in those power. Cables that are, you know, insulated. And as long as I don't touch that and touch something else, I'm going to be all right. But you have a healthy healthy level of respect for it. Like it's like that's, Mm -hmm. that's, and if we lose that, it's dangerous. Uh Yeah. That's really good
1: when you were saying about touching the wires and touching something else. Um, Man, I, I don't know. Maybe this isn't even in context, but it just reminded me to think that because that is true. And in electrical, if you're grabbing a live wire and you don't ground yourself, you're okay. i seen my crazy father-in-law do it, and his wife would kill him if he knew he did. But grabbing – it was actually here at the church. <laughs> that when they, he was wiring the church, he grabbed 600-volt, 800-amp entrance wire with his bare hands live, oh, wow. and he was teaching the guys, like, hey, it won't hurt you um, unless you do something dumb. And I, and I think, man, that, that's good where a lot of us want to tap into the power of, of Jesus and God, but we also want still the sin in our life. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets, I think that's where a fear could come from yeah. because not living right, but wanting all the power. Um, anyway, maybe a little out of context, but it just made me yeah. think that that's a good illustration where um, when you're tapping into the power of God, that is a sacred, holy mm-hmm. thing. And uh it needs to be used correctly. I don't yeah.
3: know if that's I think that makes sense, but it makes me think, anyways, Adam, like f- one of the things I think about as you're sharing that, Adam, is just it's the it's really it's to do with a lot of like the orientation of the believer in their lives. And it's like it's like a you know, like a ship with its, you know, orienting itself correctly toward wind and the currents and so on. And if you're like oriented in the wrong way, it can be disaster. But if you're oriented in the right way, it's huge, mm-hmm. you know. And i I've just been thinking like Brent, as you were reading that devotional, like I was thinking of Acts chapter four. And so Peter's like standing up before the council of Jerusalem and his big response is like, hey, there is no other name under heaven given to man by which he must be saved. And so he's like authenticating and he's orienting and he's pushing um, people's attention toward Jesus and the Lord himself and his holiness. And I just find myself like even more and more in my own kind of like devotional life, just going back to the rhythm of like, Lord, I just I want to I want you to cleanse my mind of all of the the challenges and the difficulties and the stuff that I've seen and been exposed to um, in my life cleanse my mind before you and then I just afresh consecrate myself which is where we don't use very much right now but it's kind of like I lay before my life I orient myself toward this holy name and uh, and it just brings like incredible like stability in my own personal life I mean we've just seen incredible turbulence over the last Um, just a few months and so and just not being able to have answers even like a week in advance but yet that constant kind of orientation it just brings a stability and a strength to the believer that and I find myself it just puts me in a place where I'm like focusing on the right things and you know it's it's kind of giving me a, a way of thinking and addressing life in general just all of the bits of it that actually gives me an orientation where there's like there's health and there's stability and there's like a rhythm that's kind of built around it. So I think those are all really key things and in, in what you guys have been sharing.
0: What does it look like? That, let's, let's unpack that a little bit, you know, as we kind of turn the turn third base here, like what does it look like to ground ourselves, orient ourselves um, in the, the appropriate way, like before the fear, like with the fear of the fear of God, like where does that start? I think. You know, I'm thinking of that scripture uh maybe it's second Corinthians ten it's second Corinthians ten where it says um you know the Lord has given us you know we don't we don't wage war as the world does but that we have we have weapons that uh can tear down tear down uh st- what is it tear downs like strongholds or tear down things. I don't yeah. know if that's the word but that basically where I'm trying to get is that blocks the knowledge of god that mm. that obstructs the knowledge of god and like i think the first the first thing we've got to like if we're doing a checklist you know on how to live your life unto the glory of god the first thing is kind of removing removing anything that's hindering uh, the best vision, the clearest vision of who God is in your mind and your spirit, like that you've removed false gods. You've reset the, you know, maybe I'm thinking too casually about God. Maybe I've created yeah. him my own image. Maybe I've placed something else of, of greater. I've put something of lesser value before him. Instead I've, you know, I've made whatever, some substance, my God, or I've made success my god or somebody my god or something it's removing idols mm-hmm. i think is maybe yep. the first the first thing we do and then mm-hmm. and then i think once we get a clear vision of god the the appropriate response is humility it's, it's being humble mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. that i think we groundedness becomes easy the moment that we see like we get a glimpse of his glory, you know, like yeah. it's not something we have yep. to manufacture, you know, when Peter, when Peter realized that who Jesus was in his boat his reaction was, I need to get away from you. Hmm. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're the Messiah. I have no business being in your presence. Mm-hmm. You know, when I yep. when Isaiah finally, when he saw the Lord, his reaction was, you know, woe is me. He said, mm-hmm. I they fell down and says, woe is me. I am dead. I'm undone. I'm a man in mm-hmm. lips. I've said and done things. I'm messed. I'm I'm not pure. Mm-hmm. I'm not holy. You know, I think when we get that vision, the fresh vision of God, it, it undoes us. It, it, it yep. brings us low. And I mm. think that's, that's so key in this. What are some, what are some ways, I guess I'd kick this to you guys. What are some ways that we can You know, see, get a clearer glimpse of who God is in such a way that it keeps us, it keeps us low. It keeps us humble. What, what are some tricks for you guys that, you know, when you're, when your faith's getting too casual or your, your vision of God is getting too, too trite, what are some, what are Mm -hmm. some, what are some handles for you that kind of gets the, gets the mist out of your eyes and lets you Mm -hmm who he is and it kicks your butt a little bit and it causes you to repent and humble yourself
1: I'm a I'm a very visual type guy um and Brent you would even know that like and a lot of us may have a hard time like reading and focusing and just with ADD maybe and I and I find um obviously I I do have like morning routines or or different things that I do like for me I do the first 15 which is five minutes in prayer five in worship and five reading and those things obviously keep, you know, it's a good way to start my day. But I find God sometimes shows up visually or does not like visually, but things happen. Just even an example for me, I'm West Side Campus pastor and um, I am a am a worrier controller per se sometimes. And find God just shows up like we're like this building or that building or rents and just funny story last Sunday I drove by a location on the West side, a different one that I just like, Hey God, what are you doing? And it's big. And I walked around it and prayed. I'm like, Hey God, maybe this, this would be cool. Like neat. And literally um, I drove by it the next day at the end of the day and it was torn down. It was literally a pile of steel with excavators on top. And I was just like, and, and just, and I think because of, like the holiness of God and the fear of the Lord and actually spending some time with him. I know that's maybe elementary. Oh, spend time with God, read the Bible, pray worship. But in doing those things, I, I, I tend to get little reminders from him to, that mm. reminds me that, Hey, you need to just stay on those knees and, and work hard and, and get ideas. But listen, when I speak sometimes and, and be content with where you're at and do the best you can mm-hmm. with what you have, awesome. Because, uh, we, we, all know that line. I think Shola, uh, spoken to Brent, I think it was a few years ago. Um, one of our board members here, he says, everything you need, um, to do what you need to do, you already have. Hmm. And, uh, that, that is just kind of stuck with me. And I get, we walk outside of that a lot. I, I do I always want more or if I had this, or if I had this, and sometimes a big pile of steel over something I prayed for and excitement. Um, reminds me of who i really am and who he is
3: it's <laughs> really good anyway
1: That's yeah great,
3: man you know one of the things i learned from you brent in this that really just came to attention over the last few years has been the importance of building in like a rhythm in your life that actually gives life and puts you in a place of like before the lord so if you ask me today like what does my week look like um you know i can actually tell you like day by day it's like monday's hey i do this and tuesday's i do this and friday's i do this and i can kind of walk you through a rhythm and i just find that that for me is like one of the most life-giving things and one of the most difficult things of covid has been like kind of like the loss of that rhythm and trying to rediscover that as well but i just find for me it's it's, it's an essential thing is just really just developing a rhythm that forces me to put me before the lord and And we, um, a second thing that's been huge too, has been like the whole principle of like fasting on a regular basis. And that can be food, you know, like on Mondays, you know, I kind of go through and I've got like my to-do list and so on, but I try to leave it fairly free of meetings and I'm just organizing for the week and I'm fasting my meals and praying during those meal times. And I just find that just such a fantastic kind of start to the week and orientation, but in general, like doing like our three week fast, 21 day fast. I found them so helpful and particularly like just taking a few weeks and completely fasting off of media yeah. and uh, even doing like food things. I, I find that when my orientation toward the Lord starts sliding, they're like by far the best thing. And I come out of those like mm-hmm. way yeah. stronger, yeah. much better orientation. And then even like, you know, like I I just did one recently where I went and I've got like a list of things and it's like, Hey, this is how I'm going to orient the rhythms of my week to be able to just have a life that's more living in the fear of the Lord. So, you know, I just found those, even yeah. in the last few years, those have been really essential things for me. Yeah. She's yeah, John, a, that's, that's yeah. Good. The,
1: those rhythms are, are huge. Yeah. And we preach that all the time, Pastor, Ray, like just you do. And uh, at our recovery ministries that run at our different locations, and there, it, it's just those rhythms are not to be taken lightly. A journaling is, a, is another huge thing, and it's a hard thing to do but the the some of the most fruitful times in my life and I'm I'm not faithful in that all the time but the times I am it's it's very it's amazing to be able to go and look back and, and see you know where you were mentally how much and and being truthful in your journaling like actually what you watched on TV or what you're doing here like taking that uh taking stock I guess and and where you're at but that's think, good John really good
0: into the the role of just intentionality Mm-hmm. really like um, totally we we don't drift towards we don't like we don't drift towards holiness we don't drift towards worshiping mm-hmm. god we don't drift, like we drift towards selfishness, right? self-gratification yeah. mm-hmm. totally and i think that's mm-hmm. why fasting i'm glad you brought that up john like that's been such a tool you know for me is i do you know probably three four sometimes five 21 day fasts a year yeah where you know I'll it's the i kind of have my own my own system um mm-hmm. works for me the the it's called the brenninger Saul total health fast <laughs> trademark yeah you know, it's just where yeah. it, when you already spoke to it some like i i'll flush out you know try to clear my mind so i can get a better vision of god is getting cluttered so i'll get rid of social media and the news I just, I just clean, I just clear out Netflix, sports, no digital media whatsoever, yeah. unless it's for, unless it's nutrition, nutrition for my mind and my spirit. So mm. it can't even be, mm-hmm. empty calories like, it can't even be, you know, whatever, yeah. some random podcast sports or, you know, it's not necessarily bad, but it's not positive. Totally. So like, my mm-hmm. yeah. body, I'll, I'll clean and, mm-hmm. and really try to flush out my, you know, cause your body's part of it too, right? Like yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely part of it. So I think,
2: yeah, I mean, I think like what you're saying uh, this is why spiritual disciplines are actually important. I believe, yep. um, you know, like you're hitting something, I think Brent that is so important for our listeners to hear is just this level of self-awareness and mm-hmm. self-reflection. You know, one of the things that I constantly, am trying to be aware of are my emotions and my feelings um, and an understanding that those are actually indicators. I think, uh, I can't remember who said it, but someone said like a, your emotions are great indicators, but they're terrible masters. Right. That's right. Uh, which is so true. And so if there's, if there's, really a, if there's a place in my soul that I start to feel off, I mean, I'm very, I'm very intentional about looking at that and bringing it to God and, um, Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I've been trying to incorporate in my life more and more these days, just to to cultivate the fear of the Lord more, truly is um, in the area of confession, Mm -hmm. confessing Mm -hmm. my sins. Um, I was struck a couple of months ago, I think it was a month ago, maybe, I was listening to the Carrie Newhoff podcast and Gordon McDonald was on there. And this is an older pastor. He's 80, 85 years old now. And he was given like the 15 things you need to know, you know, looking back in time and things that, you know, he's even reflective. And you have a young guy like me, well, not so young anymore, but, um, and I really, really listened into that. And one of the things that he said was that it was very often, very often he discovered in his life that he would almost on a daily basis call a friend from college For about five minutes, either it was him, I can't remember if it was John Ortberg or somebody like that. But the practice was really compelling to me that they would call five minutes every morning simply to confess their sins. And I just, I thought that was so, um, so intentional, so practical. Um, And and when we're just so aware, just so self-aware, but it really keeps a soul and a heart truly humble before the Lord. When that becomes mm-hmm. an an activity, a practice, it's intentional. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's just not going to happen by itself. Um, there is work. Right, there, right. there is work in this as well, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So
3: yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. you know, I, one of the things I think about Brent is with just sort of back to fasting and that spiritual discipline as well is. I think a lot of believers have heard us talking about fasting and I think many believers have just honestly just been worried about it or not done it at all right and I just think there's something really missed in this day and age about how powerful that can be and it doesn't have to be like straight food like it can be exactly what you're talking about but I feel it does two things Mm -hmm. number one is it it resets me in the moment but actually if I look back my life has actually been changed through it like I'm actually a different guy Mm -hmm. now through going through that rhythm of like fasting a few times a year and going through that like 21 day fast that I there's things that I picked up that I'm doing right now today that, you know, I, I didn't do like years ago. Right. And it's really changed the, you know, just the way that I live and my orientation toward the Lord and it's stuff that really sticks over time as well. And so I guess I would anybody listening to this. I'd want to encourage them really just to step out. It's like, can be something like do media at first, you know, maybe, you know, change. I did. There was one that we did. This is one of the most memorable ones that we did that really struck me Is Brent, you had a conversation with a few of us. I think it was you, Adam and I, it was in September, end of August, September, um, just before COVID. So this would have been 2019. And you were, we're just an offhand conversation. And you were saying, man, I'm just feeling the weight of the season that we're walking into. And I'm just, I'm going to do my own 21 day fast. And as soon as you said that, just something dropped in my spirit. I'm like, I'm doing that too. And I made some adjustments during that time that like, honestly, has completely changed my life in a ton of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just a really important, like the rhythm of that and the invitation of that rhythm as well into people's yeah. lives. Yeah, that's I've, great. I I love, oh, go so, ahead, Brent.
0: So I was just saying, I have I've had to do it a couple of times throughout COVID and I'm, I feel oh. like I'm due again, honestly, like just got to keep, being aware of your body aware of your spirit your mind your thinking and and being aware of even some of the fruit right like if you're yeah. you know, what are your, what are what are some of the indicator dashboard indicators in your life to know that hey probably not seeing god maybe in his rightful place and i'm probably putting myself in a wrong place and you know you should probably we should all have some of those indicators to, again that kind of grounds us mm-hmm. And I think fasting and disciplines are a huge, huge component. Like that really are those are the mechanisms, honestly, that continue to shape our our minds and our our frankly, our hearts. Disciplines shape our loves is what they do. They, yeah. they, they, they reform our appetites. So yeah. go ahead.
1: I love uh just wrapping back around a little bit with Seth, the uh, unconfessed sin and the repentance. Uh, that is something that for me, in my like, like I go down a dark path when I go a long time without confessing, or actually talking real about the sins in my life and mixing up. that. was good, Seth, with people. Like the guy was saying, he calls every morning and they just start off on that that foot awesome. because it is. I don't like just being even a pastor in this role. Sometimes because you're doing work or studying or even a believer that's faithful in devotions, journaling, serving, it's easy to to kind of just say, "Hey, it's normal." I you know, it's just part of my life. We do make mistakes. We sin, but that actually confessing of that is, uh, is freedom. I was talking to a psychiatrist a while ago, a friend of mine, Dr. Bothy, he goes to our church and, um, I get frustrated very easily and, um, trying to get my, get rid of frustration, get rid of frustration. And he said to me, he says, frustration is, is your friend. And you need to look at that as, as a gauge of where you're at, where, instead of getting frustrated with the frustration to actually look and say, okay, I'm frustrated. This is, this is a gift and a gauge to see where I'm really at. Mm -hmm. And typically it always comes down to um, something I need to talk about. Maybe, maybe it's with the boss here at work where I just feel uneasy that that can be cleaned out or it could be something in my life that is just not healthy. So I find if I Mm -hmm. look at that frustration in my life and treat that as a friend, um, that's a, that's a rhythm mm. that has been very effective. It's not easy to do obviously, but, um, instead of trying to look at it as as the enemy
3: uh, as something, it's, it's kind of like a gauge or a thermometer in my life. Yeah. Anyway, I yeah. love, I love that Adam. And, um, like for me, I find the gate, the, one of the biggest things I look to, that's a real gauge around just the orientation of my life is an anxiety like when i feel like Mm. a sort of perpetual sense of like anxiety raising up in my life anxiety kind of coupled with like hurry like a hurried soul Mm. i find those two things are really big indicators to me it's like no man i need to i need to spend another like 21 days or so before the lord i need to cut some stuff out and i find even like you know it's easy to get in will give an example it's easy to get into a rhythm where it's like nine o'clock at night you know you've had a long day you're sitting down with your wife. It's like, let's put on the news or let's put on Netflix or something like Mm -hmm. that. But I find even like setting that aside, um, I just find that there's been a very significant difference in just like my own heart, like just being settled before the Lord and just feeling a sense of like drop in anxiety, a raise in in lordship and in my orientation toward him. And just like a rhythm kind of restoring. I guess the opposite of hurried is like, rhythm. Right. And it's not like we don't have tons of things to do. And you know, sometimes it's often long days, but it's, but it's that kind of like that unhurried sort of rhythm of the day and that settledness in our, in our hearts. So I find those are a couple of things on my own dashboard. Back to your question, Brent.
0: Yeah, super good. Well, just in, in conclusion, we really spent, I mean, these are, this is a huge, huge topic that we could probably pack in a lot of detail, but you know, we spent pretty much all of our time talking about grounding ourselves in his holiness, like even just posturing ourselves. We didn't actually get into like, you know, the component of it's it's important that Jesus said, you know, hallowed be your name and not just holy is your name. And I, I for mm-hmm. a long time, you know, my, my son and I just made that correction this past year, because we, every day I drop my kids off at school, you know, we, we pray the Lord's prayer on the way and we, you know, my daughter doesn't drive with us to school anymore. She walks. So it's been my, my son and I, and we just made that shift this year of no Jesus said to pray hallowed be your name. And we, you know, I was praying holy is your name, but I think he said hallowed be your name to call us toward contributing to the hallowing of his name. And I think that's actually important. It's not just an awareness of his holiness it's activity. It's calling us to the activity of does my life glorify God? Like, this, right. does what I did this day just add to the esteem and the notoriety and the glory? I mean, again, in such a small, infinitesimal way, because like we, God is perfectly holy. He doesn't need us to build him up but it does call us toward like we need to aim our lives and intentions toward like to do, does do we bring reverence do we actually bring reverence do we bring hallowing to his name does that make sense i i, cool. I yes it does it's important yeah. that we're proactive in it it's not just about like being grounded in it but it's proactivity it's like directing our actions it's speaking it's speaking in ways that that hallow mm-hmm. him it's living in a way like that's that's what uh, I mean. Not to get in a whole tangent here, but that's really what the heart behind the commandment, where it says, like, first, like the Ten Commandments talk about, you know, have no other gods before me, and then it says, don't take my name in vain. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not about that's not about saying necessarily like, oh my God, in an in improper in context. It's about carrying the name of God in a way that brings it down. That's it's right. Really, mm. what's it's it's good about. and it's so. Really good hallowing his name means like carrying his name in a way that continues to elevate it. Like it's like the, Mm -hmm. on the Baptist, you know, you must increase, I must decrease and I must live my life in such a way that it it continues to see the increase and the expansion of the hallowing of your name. That's I think really important, you know, that we don't miss Mm -hmm. that before we sign off that the, the prayer calls us to, to groundedness, but also intention and like, aiming and intentional mm-hmm. living for his glory. Mm-hmm. You know, if that makes sense, not just living in it or good. from, it, but for it and seeing my life as a vessel that can bring more glory to his name. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So Totally does. It's good. Well, I wasn't really <laughs> asking the question there. Just kind of bringing some final thoughts, but uh, yeah, well, guys I do appreciate you I do appreciate you taking the time today and continuing these conversations about the Lord's Prayer. I'm finding them yeah. helpful just to unpack outside of my own line of thinking to hear you guys perspectives and hopefully our uh, our listeners today found this helpful as well and uh, yeah. we will uh, we'll see everybody next time thanks guys. All right that's good Bye. to be here. Hey, thanks for tuning in today, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with John and Seth and Adam. And I hope that you're able to ground yourself in God's holiness today and see that your life is a mechanism that brings him glory. If you haven't already, I'd love it if you'd share this episode or the podcast on whatever social media platforms you frequent. And hey, maybe even leave us a positive review and help us get the word out to as many people as possible. I hope you have the best day and we will see you next time.